Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. This is episode 30, the big 3-0. 3-0. Once again, I'm John June. Got my guy, Greg Penniman. It's week nine. Greg, what's good, man? Yeah, what's going on? Uh, yeah, going into week nine. It's, if you just talk about how the season's flying, it goes so quickly. Uh, got a lot of injuries, league news. We're going to sift through it, see what's, uh, what's really real or not. So let's get going. Yeah, man. And as always, we got our Thursday night preview coming up too. So be on the lookout for that. But as you said, we got to get to the news. So we got some receivers returning to practice, Greg. What do you got on that on that front? Yeah, it's about time. Uh, a lot of top quality receivers that, you know, did, did well for you in the beginning of the season. But, you know, you, you've been missing them. They're back. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Uh, he needs to return to practice. He's getting a lot some drills done uh, from that long ankle injury. Uh, so you, that's good to see off his huge hot start. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, uh, long-weighted with his abdomen injury. He's doing individual drills. He might be expected to play uh, this Sunday, which would be a huge boost for Carson Wentz in this Eagles offense. Uh, same for Hollywood Brown as far as the Ravens offense. Um, Sterling Shepard, he's finally, you know, close to ending that concussion protocol he's doing some contact drills so you know that means that people are going for his body and stuff hopefully not his head but yeah uh, glad Sterling Shepard's there hopefully Danny Dimes could get a full uh you know Giants roster for him uh, all of his weapons and then last but not least AJ Green finally uh, I think he's uh scheduled to come back after the bye for week 10 um yeah so uh, these four receivers, uh, a lot of owners been missing them. Even Devontae Adams, too. He's also, you know, doing some work now uh, on that toe uh, after four weeks. Uh, these guys have been missing. I've been missing Devontae. I've missing all these guys. So it's good to, uh, you know, see these guys back on the field. All right. Yeah. So I guess I guess we'll keep – I know Devontae's coming back. We know what he means to that Packers offense. but um, And they don't really miss him all that much right now. And it's seven and one. But, I miss him. I miss um, him. You miss him. Your fantasy yes. teams miss him. Yes. We get that. I totally get that. But of these four guys here, Hollywood, Deshaun Jackson, Sterling Shepard, AJ Green, and when I say Hollywood, I mean Marquise Hollywood Brown. Um, which of these guys are you most looking forward to coming back, or you know, or mean the most to their offense? Uh, I guess combine that answer. Combine that question into one answer. I think to means most uh, to their offense. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this Deshaun Deshaun Jackson. Uh, in that first game, you saw the deep threat presence he brought. Um, Carson Wentz is ready to fling it to him. I think he'd be excited to have him back. Um, so I think he's probably the most uh, important. You know, Sterling Shepard, I think Golden Tate gives, fills that role kind of in the middle of the field. Evan Ingram does it. Um, A.J. Green, the Bengals are bad, so it's not. I don't think they're really going to help him that much. So uh, I'm going to go with Deshaun Jackson, who I'm most looking likely to look forward to. Uh, besides the bias, you know, Sterling Shepard is my guy, but, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown, I think I'm looking forward to having him, seeing him back uh, on the Ravens. He's very explosive. His nickname is Hollywood. Uh, the going against the Pats. I need all these weapons back to to see to take down the evil empire. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that one. I think it's Deshaun Jackson, man. Um, <clears throat> you know, we we talked about it today with Carson Wentz. Uh, we saw what this Philadelphia offense was. Um, 
you know, coming into the season, coming in week one. That's why part of the reason why Carson Wentz was my number three quarterback because mm-hmm. of the addition of, of Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Um, but obviously, with him being out since the week two game, we haven't really seen what uh, this Philadelphia offense is fully capable of. So I think once Deshaun Jackson comes back, we'll see uh, we'll see this Philadelphia offense start to take off, specifically Carson Wentz. Um, uh, there's a number out there. I think it's about two yards per attempt that Deshaun Jackson adds to each quarterback um, that he ends up playing with. Crazy. So, you know, that's a crazy stat and it's a crazy number uh, to add to each quarterback that he that he plays with. You know, you think about it over the years, you know, Kirk Cousins, um, even uh, Nick Foles, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Vick, Kevin Cobb, like all these guys, Jameis Winston, all these guys were fantasy viable in, in their careers during this time because they were playing with, with a receiver like Deshaun Jackson. So, you know, Carson Wentz, definitely huge impact. And Marquise Hollywood Brown, I think it just impacts this whole Ravens run game. Uh, you know, they want to run the ball, uh, and teams are stacking the box, trying to stop them from doing that because, you know, the the when you run when you run with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, uh, you have one extra one extra blocker because uh, you have the quarterback who's who's running the ball. So you know you're now you're playing a true eleven on eleven as before with the quarterback just handing the ball off. You're playing ten on eleven, so it evens up the number the numbers and and court or defenses have to try to adjust to that by dropping defenders more defenders into the box like safeties and and linebackers are, are playing the run more. So when you got a player like Hollywood out there, play action becomes very very. Um, part like much a part of your game plan, and last we saw him, he was getting hurt catching a touchdown pass. So I'm excited to have him back. Um, but like you said, Sterling Shepard too. I think he's a great presence. I'm curious to see how that how that works out because you know we saw Sterling Shepard in the middle uh, the middle of this, or I guess the beginning of the season working the middle of the field. Right. You know once he got once he came out with the with the injury and the concussion, uh, Golden Tate just you know smooth transition into that mm-hmm. role. So how do you see that playing out? Uh, so I would think they would trust giving Sterling Shepard, I guess, more outside reps. So if it affects anyone negatively, maybe Darius Slayton a little bit more. Um, I, they'll probably like to keep Golden Tate in the middle of the field because Sterling is capable of playing on the outside. Um, he got some outside uh, presence last year, and you know this, uh, uh, you know, outside uh, receiving out this year as well. Yeah, I think that was the selling point when they when they got rid of. Odell Beckham and they and they replaced him essentially with Golden Tate was yeah. that we have a receiver here in Sterling Shepard that is capable of playing anywhere on the field outside or inside and and so I think that's um, that is a great point there uh, I guess who would you rather have rest of the season though uh, Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate mm, uh, I think I'm gonna go with Golden Tate um, I think you know just as far as uh, getting those receptions um, especially in the PPR league um, I think Golden Tate would be there as well as you know just the the injury aspect uh, you know this concussions concussions are brutal now um at least you're gonna miss like multiple weeks when you get concussions or get checked out um so uh one more you know dinged up he gets hit a lot in the middle of the field starting shepherd could get re-injured as, as well yeah so that's definitely a, a solid point that we have to note is like when the guys get concussions especially you know a guy like sterling shepherd who this is you know a mo- this is a, at least the second concussion yeah, at least in a yeah. year mm-hmm so um, when you get multiple concussions, you go in the protocol even longer than you were the last time, um, you know, so and you become more susceptible to it. For, so from a dynasty perspective, also, there's, um, you know, long term concerns there as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, another another receiver that, you know, we you know that we're on top of concussions uh, that had 
uh, concussion scare over the over the past weekend. That was Brandon Cooks. Um, so he's going to go see a concussion specialist. And what do you think that this means for the Rams' offense? And you know, in terms of players that we need to be attacking and things like that. Yeah, concussion specialist is going to see that. I definitely go get Josh Reynolds. That's an instant uh, stash, and you know, plug and play. If Brandon Cooks can't go, he's always been that guy. You know, when a receiver goes down, we talked about in the waiver pod. Um, if a Rams one of the, these Rams receivers goes down, he comes in and does what he has to do. Got eight targets once Brandon Cooks went down, so you know his impact there already. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to try to get Josh Reynolds in all the leagues because he's on a buy, um, so no one's really paying attention to him right now. So you can stash him and then be ready to go if Brandon Cooks can't go. Yeah, hopefully, you know, you know I, hope, I mean, I hope Brandon Cooks comes back healthy and whatnot, but, right. um, you know, Robert Woods, man, you know, we talked about him on the Jags episode. Yeah. Um, he's somebody that's frustrating fantasy owners right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's currently outside the top 30 of wide receivers, um, and that's not what you – that's not what you wanted when you drafted him. That's not what you were expecting him when you drafted him in the second or third round. Um, so, you know, what do you, you, you know, is this is is he a is he a potential trade candidate for you? Are you you know is he somebody that you're gonna try to to buy low on potentially given the Brandon Cook situation? Um, yeah. So first, like you know, the first couple games that target number was still there, so everyone's like, no, you know, don't can't don't worry about Robert Woods, but now. That target number is going down, um, and it just seems like Jared Goff only has eyes for Cooper Cup, which is, you know, rightfully so. Cooper Cup has been amazing this year. Um, so I, I'm not sure if uh, this offense is potent enough to sustain the three receivers that we know that can, uh, like top, you know, wide receiver two guys, all three of them, uh, and Cooper Cup being a wide receiver one. So I probably would, um, you know, try to trade Robert Woods, I think. Um See if you can see what you can get. If not, I don't want to. I want to try to sell low, sell uh, low on him though, because um, I think he still has uh, potential to do some damage this year. Yeah, I agree with that too because he's got so much upside in this Rams offense that we know is high scoring and plays in a lot of high over unders, <clears throat> and so potentially, um, you know, he's always in the spot to be able to blow up. But like you said, the last few weeks the targets just haven't the targets just haven't been there for him. Um, and that's been the most disappointing part. And especially, you know, you consider the fact that uh, this this injury to, to Brandon Cooks happened, you know, very early in the game. And, right. You know, as a Robert Woods owner, you're kind of expecting in that time, like, you know, this is the time where Robert Woods starts to, you know, at least get some targets mm-hmm. and some receptions. But that, that just didn't happen. You know, and you touched on it, you know, la- in the last episode, you said, you know, hey, he got four rush attempts here. He got yeah, two yeah. targets. Um, and you know, I you know, I jokingly said, Yeah, well that's great. You got rush attempts, you know, but like at the same time, his last three games, right? It's four targets. Cause like let's actually let's go back over it, right? Because you know, he was he had the targets in the first few weeks. Right? right. Thirteen targets, two targets, eight targets, fifteen targets. And that fifteen target game, we all said Robert Woods is back. Cause he had fifteen targets, thirteen catches, hundred and sixty four yards. We're like, This is it. Robert Woods, you know? Yep. And the next week, nine targets, four targets, seven targets, two targets. That's not what you want. So, you know, yeah. I, I think that I would, I think I would, I don't know, the schedule gets tough, so I would try to trade them, but I wouldn't sell them for just peanuts, you know. Um, I would try to maybe package him with 
another like running back to maybe see if I can upgrade. If I had depth at running back, if I want to upgrade a receiver, maybe package him and a, and a running back to upgrade a receiver. Or yeah. maybe you have a ton of receivers. Maybe you could try to package Robert Woods and and a and a and a and a running back to upgrade a running back. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it de- it de- it really depends on your roster and your situation. But Robert Woods is definitely a scary situation right now. Yeah, and no, hopefully it's... given. No, go ahead. Oh yeah, not for a guy that you know we talk about being one of the safest players in fantasy. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a concern for him. Yeah, I mean that's what he was last year, and I think right now he's on pace for like six hundred yards. Yeah, that's not right yeah, now. It's just it's not it's not what you want, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, all right, let's move forward. Um, you know, so we got some other notable injuries. Seems like uh, some Steelers running backs in practice. What do you got there, Greg? Yeah, James Conner didn't go today. Uh, we already know Benny Snell's been injured and banged up as well. Uh, but James Conner, you know, so it seems like he's right, literally the only healthy running back right now. Um, definitely a guy you need to go get. Uh, if he's available in your league right now, I don't know if he still is, but go add him immediately. Uh, Jalen Samuels is in for, uh, you know, big production if if uh, James Conner can't go. He'll be, so he didn't practice again today. I'm sure they're going to be careful with this, uh, his shoulder. Um, James Conner has been banged up all season. He's been playing through it. He's a tough guy, but um, uh, I don't, you know, don't want to bring him in to get, get re-injure him in a more bad way. So keep uh, keep Jalen Samuels on the, on the deck. Yeah, no, Jalen Samuels has to be on your roster. If if not, then you're you're not you're not listening to us well enough. Yeah, um, no, just <laughs> you gotta you gotta no. But seriously, James Jalen Samuels has to be owned. Um, you know, James Conner, he's proven through two years. He's one of the most injury prone uh, players in the league at the most injury prone position. So uh, you have to have his his handcuff ready to go. Another guy who. You know, we're trying to decide what what he is, whether he's a handcuff, whether he has some standalone value, mm-hmm. what the hell to do with him. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, he was a he was a DMP. It looks like with the shoulder injury, but uh, it seems like they expect him to play. Greg, is yeah, that, is that correct? Yeah, I think he's supposed to come back uh, in limited fashion tomorrow, and then uh, hopefully expected to play. Yeah, Miles Sanders is very interesting. He's uh, probably the, one of the most interesting fantasy players this year by his production, but his his volume has been so low. Um, so I'm just really not sure what to do with him as well. Um, we've been stashing my bench for he's started as a stash and now it's week nine and still a stash. So it's like just, people are starting to get a little patient here. Yeah, and I think that goes back to like the what kind of roster you have. If you have a winning team, like you know our our team in that league is 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 you know eight and zero, so we mm-hmm. can afford to stash and a not performing or you know very volatile Miles Sanders. But if you if you know, I I I was in a situation where, you know, I'm trying to get wins and I have bye weeks and, you know, I'm trying. I saw so I I'm just trading Miles Sanders, you know. So it really depends. And he is a useful flex. Obviously, we see the big playability. It's just so hard to want to play a running back with big play. It's like it's it's easy to say like, oh, I'll play the receiver with the big playability, right. right. than it is to say I'll play the running back with the big playability. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely um, way easier. Yeah, so. Uh, I it's tough, but I think in terms of the shoulder injury, we might see a situation similar to Josh Jacobs, you know, where he he might not practice throughout the week, but you know he goes inside, they give him a little uh, little magic potion, and he comes mm-hmm. out ready to go, no pain. So we'll see what happens there. Um, <clears throat> now moving on, I guess we got some some situations going on with some tight ends. So what do we got? What do we got there? OJ Howard seems like it was a DMP. Yeah, OJ Howard, uh, DMP today. Um. 
you know, Cameron Bray is probably going to go if uh, O.J. Howard can't. He'll be the main guy there. But, um, you know, tight ends in this offense, we know, are not very favorable. So I wouldn't, you know, get hypo about over that there. Uh, Delaney Walker also did not practice. But I'll be definitely excited to keep rolling Jonah Smith out there. Uh, he, he produced for you, for those guys that, you know, got Delaney, had Delaney Walker and maybe got Jonah Smith or just added Jonah Smith in general. He's produced. Uh, I think he's a tight end one going forward if Delaney Walker's not there. And then Chris Herndon, he's limited in practice today. I think he's uh, pretty close to playing this Sunday. I'm not sure if he is going to play, but uh, I would expect him to play at least in the next two weeks. Yeah, I would. OJ Howard, um, I, yeah, we don't, you know, like we said, yeah, we don't really want to touch OJ Howard. Simpson, yeah. yeah, we're done with that. We've been done with that since like week two. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cameron Brait. It's, uh, I mean, if you play Cameron Brait, like if there's only one tight end active in this game, then obviously, like, I think I, I, I there's upside there, mm-hmm. but you just have to be aware that your upside is a touchdown and that's where your points are going to come. And that's why Johnny Smith, to me, like you said, he's a better option going forward from here on out because, uh, last week he had six for 78 and a touchdown. I like if that. If you still take, if you take the set, if you take the touchdown away, he still had a, a you know a really good day for a tight end, right? You know, and, and a half point PPR that would that would put him at a, like nine or ten ten point eight points right there. So you know he'd be he'd be in a good spot. That's that would put him in you know decent tight end one territory because it's really not hard to do to finish the tight end one. Um, and then with Chris Herndon, I know we've been waiting on him. I know the hamstring is there, but um, I'm gonna I would I would wait you know because this guy's with hamstrings. You never really know. Um, especially because, you know, he's been out for this long. They'll bring him back, but they'll probably bring him back slowly along, um, especially and it's considering the, the state of this Jeff's offense. Um, I'm not really excited to start anyone outside of, like, Lev Bell, Robbie Anderson. Uh, Jamison Crowder is, like, a low floor play for me, but uh, if the offense can't extend drives and Sam Darnold's on his back, like, I don't really know how useful Jamison Crowder is. Obviously, with Robbie Anderson, you get the big playability, so there's that upside there, but... You know, those two are you know, lower end flex plays for me. And then Lev Bell, obviously you start him. Yeah. I know. I, I went a little off, 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 oh, off no, brand right there. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You know, got to give that Jess report. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Curtis Samuel uh, seems like him and DJ Moore and Greg Olson. Um, they've got a little situation going on. What's going on there? Yeah, Curtis Samuel didn't practice uh, today. He apparently aggravated his shoulder uh, in the last game. Uh, diving for a catch, so um, just you know, looking for he got 11 targets in that game, which is really high number. Um, so it's gonna have to go somewhere, so expect DJ Moore and Greg Olson to maybe get a little more love if Curtis Samuel can't go. Um, keep an eye on his situation, uh, and if you're wondering who's who's gonna start if Curtis Samuel can't, it would be Jarius Wright. Um, he'd be probably next in line to to go um, at, at that position. Yeah, I mean the t- the matchup this weekend is tough. They got Tennessee, so yeah, don't know if I'm really excited about that. But uh, Greg Olson has a pretty good matchup himself. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, Tennessee hasn't been great against the tight end, so that's a favorable matchup, I guess. There and then, um, you know, with the targets being available, like you said, that would be a nice possible, uh, you know, uh, bounce back spot for Greg Olson, who's been disappointing as of late. All right, one last thing in the injury front. Seems like uh, Xavier Howard. A little IDP action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little IDP action. But, it, you know, it affects the affects the fantasy, the redraft realm as well for, for those that aren't playing IDP. Um, but Xavier Howard sent to uh, injur- injur- injured reserve, season-ending injured reserve with a knee injury. So he'll be out for the remainder of the year. Um, 
The Dolphins did recently make a trade for Aqib Dalib. Um, this was an NBA-style salary dump, which you don't really <laughs> see in the NFL. Um, this happened once before with Brock Osweiler, who uh, wasn't, who, if I'm not mistaken, was traded from the Houston Texans uh, along with a second-round pick to the Cleveland Browns uh, for I think what was like a fifth or a sixth-round pick. So essentially, they could uh, Houston could dump the rest of Brock Osweiler's salary onto Cleveland, which had a ton of cap space at the time. And this is very similar to what's happening here. Miami's tanking. Teams know that. Um, so, you know, the Rams wanted to get rid of Aqib Tlaib's salary, so they dump him on the Rams or on the on the Dolphins. So um, what does this mean for us going forward as, uh, as fantasy owners? Is this an even more than uh, – or is this Dolphins – you know, defense, you know, one that we want to attack even more. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me every offense. Give me every receiver, every main receiver against this Dolphins defense. You talking about the, the Jets guys. I think everyone gets upgraded. Robbie Anderson, whoever Xavier Howard was going to shadow because he's, you know, the only bright spot in this Dolphins team. Um, and, yeah, him being out, I think there's no one to really cover. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty easy money for – these wideouts going forward. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with you, but these are the Jets we're talking about, so <laughs> they've like disappointed me so many times in my life, and so I, I don't see why this is any different. You know, yeah, nah, but point, remember the moment point, the, that alert favorites. went out? They're three point favorites. Yo, look at that. Yo, the the alert came out with uh, Xavier Hard getting hurt. I was like, yo, plug in Scary Terry right away. There you go. And, you know. Yeah, no, of <laughs> course, of course. Hey, I get that. Most definitely understand that. But again, like I said. They find they found ways to screw it up with me before, so you know. Sorry guys, this is just me. At least they're not trying to lose, so they they got they have to. That have I think to. I'd rather them try, because then at least they make yeah, I'd have yeah. a reasonable excuse. That's true. That's true. For why I'm watching this garbage. <laughs> yeah, let's just put it this way: on Monday Night Football, I was rooting for the Dolphins so bad because I didn't want the Jets to be their first win. Right. I get it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's gonna happen. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, it happened with the Browns NFL, last year. Remember, remember, theories. NFL's rigged. It's gonna happen. Yep. It's just they might, they you know, something else for us. Secretly flex the game to tomorrow night. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Thursday night action. There you go. Halloween. There you go. So you <laughs> everyone on Sam Dart. <laughs> the whole crowd's dressed up as ghosts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Now that we're done trashing the Jets, let's get to some trust or to trash it. So, Greg, we had an interesting debate today. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, who's my breakout quarterback, is also our uh, our 8-0 team quarterback. Yes, He's the, the quarterback of our 8-0 team. The man. He's led us this far to victory. Lamar Jackson right? Enterprises. Lamar Jackson Enterprises. He's led us to victory. 8-0. Teams named after him. But... You have some questions about whether he'll be able to break through this Patriots defense. So, uh, Greg, I have to ask you: with this Patriots defense, we're setting the over/under at Lamar. At uh, we're setting the line at twenty-one and a half points. If you trust it, you're taking the over. If you trash it, you're taking the <laughs> under. What are you taking, Greg? You oh, trust me, you trash me. I got, I got to stick with what I was saying today, man. I, I can't. <laughs> I got to trash this show. I, I just can't see. Lamar getting that to 22 points. That's a that's a pretty good fantasy day uh, for a quarterback. Um, he's you know done, only done that. Uh, got the under on that one, once. I think he's done it twice. Um, but every other game he's gotten that over that easily. Um, his projection in that league actually is 19, which is probably the number I think he's gonna get. 19 is a good. Uh, 18, 19 is that good number where I think 
you know, he'll, he'll get, I think it's just going to be a struggle for him. They are home, but, you know, I think the Pats is going to try to, you know, make him throw. That's Lamar's probably one weakness. Um, you know, he gets forces sometimes, you always say, um, and he gets forces to throw picks. Um, he had three into a pick game this year already, uh, so it's capable of happening. Um, but he still gets you that safe floor, you know, with his rushing. Um, and, I, you know, he'll probably be forced in those situations because the Pats will, 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 you know, blitz him sometimes, uh, confuse him, switch it up. Um, the only, you know, good caveat, Marcus Hollywood-Brown is back, is coming back. So uh, mm-hmm. if he does play, I think, you know, that might might squeeze him over a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to still take that under. I think he gets like 18 points, which is Oof, still a great breakout yeah. day for a quarterback versus no. – Pat. Yeah, no, that's a. It's still, it's still, a, it's still a great, it's still a great day. Um, you know, we obviously we know how great Lamar Jackson has been has been all season. Um, about to actually gonna pull up his where he's ranked all year. So you were saying before the lowest output that Lamar Jackson has had in standard scoring mm-hmm. has been eleven point four four. That was against that was in week five against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in a week five win twenty six twenty three. Um, 161 passing yards, one touchdown, did have three interceptions, but also got you 70 rushing yards that day. Right. So on that week, Lamar Jackson, week five, he finished as the QB 17. That will go by, that will be by far his lowest finish, right? Right. Obviously, he was the QB one, QB two, then the QB 10, QB three in week four, week five finish where he finishes QB 17, then he finishes QB three, QB six, and then they were on bye. Mm-hmm. Now we look at the other side of it, <laughs> which the is the New England Patriots. <laughs> uh, week one, the QB 27, then the QB 32, then the QB 32, and then the QB 16, <laughs> then the QB 28, then the QB 24, then the QB 28, then the QB 22. The most fantasy points they've given up was to uh, Buffalo in weeks in week four. Uh, Josh Allen and there was a, like three quarters of Josh Allen and a, and a quarter of of Matt Barkley, and they put up fifteen point a combined fifteen point eight fantasy points. Uh, wow. That was this that would be the highest, but they did get like, give up twelve point six to uh, to Baker Mayfield last mm-hmm. week. So I'm going to take I'm going to trust it on this one. Um, you know, we do know Lamar Jackson. He I I do I do say he gets a little skittish. He gets a little excited. Um, in big moments, you you know, I saw, I watched his combine. I watched him when he, uh, obviously, his playoff game uh, against the against the Chargers. He he looks a little skittish at times, and not skittish in like a bad way where he's like nervous or doesn't know what he's doing. It's it's more like he's excited, and you know, he really wants to make this throw, and he just puts a little bit too much on it. Um, and and you know, there is some of that. There is an element to that, but it's just the fact that this game they they've had two the the Baltimore Ravens have had two weeks to prepare for this game. Um, like we said last week, is if there's a way to attack this New England defense, it's on the ground. It's running the football. We saw Nick Chubb. He is obviously on his way to a big day, you know, despite the fumbles. Right. So this, the, I think the Baltimore Ravens, with two weeks to prepare, are going to devise a game plan um, to to attack this New England defense. And I, Lamar Jackson is the is the spear of that game plan. So. It, it, no matter and the the beauty of it is no matter the situation whether they're up by twenty they're down by twenty the the game is within two points Lamar Jackson is going to be the reason uh, why they either come back they got the lead or they're you know attempting a comeback or 
or uh, he, you know he's he's driving down the field to potentially punch in a game winning score or a game tying score or whatever it is. Right. Right. So I'm gonna take the over here. I'm trusting it. Going with Lamar. He's got us to this point. We're gonna keep riding him. But um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really. I, I know you're hoping for it. No, I'm. I'm definitely. Hoping, I'm hoping. I'm praying for this. Uh, uh, you know, one the Pats. You know, could possibly lose a game, and then two. You know, just help out fantasy team. But yeah, uh, I just you know the Pats defense has probably been one of the best defenses you've seen of all time. Like this is crazy. This is what they're doing right now. It's crazy. So, uh, I yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna happen soon though. Some quarterbacks got breakthrough. They they play Mahomes soon. Um, they play Brissett. They play Deshaun. So it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen at some point. I'm hoping it's this week. Hopefully Lamar can run for 200 because that'd be awesome. It's gonna be Deshaun though. That's all I know. Deshaun is Superman. Deshaun's gonna yeah, break. Yeah, I mean Deshaun will be if he's not the first. If he's not, you know, if, they, if no one hasn't yet, he he will. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving forward. So AJ Green wants he wants to be a Bengal long term. Nah, yo, I'm trashing oh. that. I'm trashing that. You trashing it? <laughs> yeah, nah, he don't want to be. He, I thought early in the year he was like, you know, I, I'm gonna test the market a little bit, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I trust this at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trashing that. I think he's just saying that. Say the right answers. They didn't trade him already, so you know what is he gonna say now at this point? Uh, but when that season is over, that man's gonna be on his way somewhere else. I mean, when I see when I when it says he wants to be a Bengal long term, I read that as he wants to be a Bengal on a long-term deal as opposed to the one that he has right now, which is a one year left on the deal. So that's how I read that. Right. So <laughs> it's not saying I want to be a Bengal for life. <laughs> I didn't want to be a Bengal. I don't want to be a Bengal for the next, like for the rest of my career. He said, I want to be a Bengal long-term as opposed to the short term that I'm on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that he wants to be a Bengal long-term, but he's also going to be cool with not being a Bengal at all. Yeah, I just hope they don't tag him because then it might get a little messy. I mean, yeah, but I, I think the Bengals are too cheap to tag to tag him. <laughs> Fair, probably, the, oh, right. the, the Mike, Mike Brown, the owner for the Bengals, does not um, spend money. That's like a, a fact. Okay, so, there we go. Yeah, yep. I, I I don't think AJ Green is uh, gonna get a franchise tag. If they're not gonna do a long term deal, I don't, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, maybe the t- we get the tag and trade because apparently teams were interested. Yeah, um, teams are, teams but are the Bengals sick. didn't budge. I mean, I'm sure he wants was, to go to win a team. He's 31. Like you know, he wants to finish his career off right. Yeah, most definitely he does. Uh, I mean, I heard New Orleans was interested, which would have been absolutely. Ooh. I read that online. I, I I don't remember who I read it from. I apologize for that, but. Um, oh man! Yeah, they there was the bang, the the Saints wanted him really bad, and, and the Bengals were like, no. That gets me so hyped right now. <laughs> 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 um. All right, let's move forward, man. We got this Thursday night game, mm-hmm. and I think you know the Jets are doing so bad. I might have to adopt the Niners, man. Um. You know, they've been just been doing. <laughs> they've been doing so well. You know, we were on that train so early. Yep. I'm, oh, I'm dead serious. You're laughing. I'm dead serious. I'm like, <laughs> I'm Kyle Shanahan right now. That's who I root for. Hey, man, I mean, um, if you're going to go somewhere, might as well go 3,000 miles away. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, You know, I was just, all all trade deadline, I was just trying to figure out how many more draft picks Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, need to accumulate the trade for Kyle Shanahan. So, um, <laughs> that was. <laughs> Didn't they do uh, like Bill Belichick's type size? Yeah, so uh, I was actually talking about this today. So we Belichick 
was was a first round pick was given to the New York Jets from New England to the Patriots when Belichick resigned as H H H C of the N Y J. So um, he the Patriots had to give up a first round pick in order for that deal to happen. And then also another uh, once upon a time Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Mm-hmm. He went be, went to become the Chiefs uh, head coach, the head head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs had to give up a fourth round pick, I believe it was, in return for for um for Herm Edwards services. So it happens. And actually, the Ravens were trying to do it last year, two years ago, with John Harbaugh too. So that's so cool. I don't know. If, yeah, <laughs> not just players, guys get traded. So do coaches. Yep. Um. But yeah, back to what I was saying. The Niners, the seven and zero. Got to sorry, I gotta I gotta address them properly. The seven and zero undefeated San Francisco 49ers going out to Arizona to take out, take down uh, Kyler Murray and his three four and one Arizona Cardinals. This is a forty two and a half point over under. FanDuel Sportsbook has this as a, as has the Niners as ten and a half point favorites. Greg, what do you got, man? Yeah, I'm gonna take the Niners. Keep on rolling. They're my survivor pick this week. Uh, I'm gonna take the them over the spread as well, and uh, I'm gonna take the over in the game. Um, yeah, it's just I think 49ers keep on rolling. They use their defense. Uh, this is the first against the Cardinals in the next like three weeks, so they play again very soon. I think they you know enforce their dominance. So defensively, uh, they you know get the run game going. They're one of the best teams in the league at rushing the ball. Uh, so I think that shows there. Um, Cardinals are not very good defensively in any aspect. So. Yeah, I think the 49ers roll here. Um, I'm just you know inter- trying to figure out is Kyler Murray startable in this case? Yeah, I'm gonna so I'm gonna I agree with you on on the picks, man. I'm taking I'm taking the Niners to cover the spread. Um, I'm taking the Niners to pick to win. I'm, I'm actually gonna take the over. Did you take the over? Yeah, I took the over. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking I'm taking the over as well. Um, then I think the Niners can hit the over by themselves. So <laughs> I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, man, this Niners defense, like we talk about, like we talked about, um, they're just so dominant. Um, you know, in terms in terms of of quarterback production, uh, you know, we talked about that stretch of that stretch New England had, um, you know, in terms of th- what they've done on the season. But this San Francisco 49ers defense is actually thirty uh, second in the league, so they're the best. They're the best against the quarterback position in terms of fantasy. Um, you know, just in the last four weeks alone since the bye, since we, we fantasy football diagnostics told you guys to go get them everywhere you could, they've led up to the quarterback position a zero, a one point one, a three point one, and a three point three. That's so wild. That's crazy. Yeah. So um that's what they've allowed to the quarterback position. I don't want to start Kyler Murray. Um but you know what? There there is a sense of hope maybe uh, because they, you know, they spread the ball out so much. They spread, you know, receivers around and they throw the ball so much. There's a glimmer of hope, but there's no reason to force it. There's other options out there. Um, I would rather start Jimmy G, who's in the same game, um, than Kyler Murray. So, and I know he's available. So, um, yeah, you know, they've given up. A, they gave up a top ten finish surprisingly to, to Cincinnati. Um, but if you don't remember, uh, that game was pretty much well out of hand until John Ross had a 60-something yard touchdown yep, like last play um, of the game. at the end of that game, the yeah. last play of the game. So that's a little bit inflated. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, this Niners defense is dominant. As you alluded to, this run game is dominant. So, I, you know, there's a there's a possibility that uh, Tevin Coleman could be could have this backfield all to himself. Is that is that true, Greg? Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of injuries on both sides for the running backs. But to start with the 49ers, um, literally, yeah, Matt Breida, 
uh, questionable. Raheem Morissette, questionable. Jeff Wilson, you know, he had a stinger uh, in the game uh, in week eight, but he's not on the injury report. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, who, you know, stays in, who's out. Um, but, yeah, Tevin Coleman is definitely the bell cow. I'm sure it starts with him. Uh, he'll get a lot of carries. We, you talk about the number. He's getting a ridiculous amount of carries uh, since, you know, he's come back at least 16 every game. He, he balled out last week. So I think he he continues to, to ball out this week. I definitely expect another top five RB finish from him. Yeah, he'd actually had 18 in every game since returning from injury. But um, last week was the anomaly where he had 11 carries. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm still going to start him. Like you said, I'm excited to do that. This Cardinals defense on the year is, you know, giving up the 10th most fantasy points to the running back position. Just the last three weeks alone, they've given up the RB9, the RB15, and the RB4. Um, so, you know, I've, I'm really excited to start, would be really excited to start Tevin Coleman in this matchup. Question is, I guess, fantasy owners have, and I know you're facing this question because you have Tevin Coleman everywhere, and we all know that you're the safe one who drafts all your handcuffs. <laughs> so that means you have Matt Breida everywhere. <laughs> and if you have Matt Breida everywhere, that means that you might have a little of Raheem Moser too. This is so, true as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, if people are like you and they're in this predicament and you know these guys do end up being active, are you going to play them? If Matt, uh, Matt Breida is active... And Raheem Morissette is active. I, you know, that's just the case of how it's always been. So I'm going to start Matt Breida. Uh I'm going to start definitely start Tevin Coleman. Um, I would probably start Matt Breida as well as a flex. Um, and, yeah, Raheem Morissette and Jeff Wilson Jr. will probably be, you know, not as involved. Morissette might get a little more involved, though. Not that he, you know, Matt Breida came in questionable um, throughout the week. Uh, I think his injury was a little more serious than Morissette. So, uh, it might be interesting there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll probably I'll probably end up starting starting both of them again though. Yeah, I think if 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 there was a situation where, um, you know, obviously if just one of them is active, then that's right. even better. Yeah, cause that's you, you it's have easy. A clear, it's easy, right? If Raheem yeah. Mostert's active, Matt Breida's not active. I could I could flex Raheem Mostert if I need to. Right. If Matt Breida's active, Raheem Mostert's not active. That tells me, you know, obviously Mostert's not good to go. Breida is good to go, so I would flex Breida. But the question is if they're both active, because Kyle Shanahan said something very interesting on um, Tuesday, I believe it was, and he said that if they had to go yesterday, uh, you know, we're recording this Wednesday. By the time you guys hear this, it'll be Thursday. But um, when he when they went to when they went practice, they had practice on Tuesday. He said if they had a game that day, he wouldn't have been able to go, um, and that Raheem Mostert was in a better situation. Um, and and I believe the 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 injury for Matt Breed is an ankle. The injury for Mostert is a quad. So mm-hmm. I don't know you know what that would mean for the recovery of the two of them. But if they're both active, I think you have a little murky of a situation because you, you do. Know, what if what if Breida isn't you know he's just active as the emergency as the emergency back, but Mostert's the guy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, not not think about it. And plus, you know, they'll probably be winning this game. So why risk Matt Breida a little more? Um, if you're winning, you're yeah. rolling. Yeah, then you know, limit his carries a little bit more. So yeah, I'm a yeah. I'll probably just start Tevin Coleman then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would start. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if I ha- I'm not in the situation because I don't have the both of them like you do. I just have I have Breida in one league. I have Moser in another. And you know, to me, I kind of played it out where if they're both active, I'm gonna play neither one of them. 
You know, if, you know, if, if one of them is active and the other is not active, I'm going to play one and obviously not the other in the other league. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I'm attacking that situation. And if both don't um, play, Jeff Wilson, yo. <laughs> Jeff Wilson is there in play. <laughs> um, but then it's all Tevin Coleman. Yeah, all Tevin Coleman. And Jimmy G. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just one more note about Matt Breida because, you know, we talk about James Conner a lot. Matt Breida yeah. is a very much <laughs> like James Conner. It just doesn't happen in prime time, and it's happening three thousand miles away, like in enough in a different time zone. So you, it goes almost under the radar. But Matt Breida is constantly leaving games with injuries. Constantly, bro. Every time I, I get the alerts all the time, and uh, you know, because Matt Breida's questionable yep, to return. Yep, he left. This is the <laughs> concussion. This is the second straight game where he's had something like pop up. Every you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It's it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I think it was like week. I think it was like week three or week four last year. I just everyone was going nuts. It was like Matt Breida just tore his, his ligament in his knee. <laughs> you know, everyone was going nuts, and then it was like, nope, Matt Breida's jogging back out there, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> he's so talented too. So like, if he is able to stay healthy, he can be you know uh, that Tevin Coleman for Devontae Freeman. If you know when he it was like on in Atlanta, he has the potential to be that every week uh, that change of pace guy doing what he has to do. Um, cause it's, he, he got his best, just as many carries as, uh, Tevin Coleman in the game and he left. So he's involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause we talked about this. We did talk about this, uh, you know, very early in the, in the off season. Um, you know, I think it might've been, you know, maybe our first preseason, or, right? Maybe. Right? Yeah. Preseason. Maybe. But we talked about, you know, this comparison, you know, what if Matt Breida is Devonte Freeman and Tevin Coleman is just Tevin Coleman. Right. And it's almost kind of seemed to work out that way, except it almost seems like, Tevin Coleman is Devontae Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that Matt big Breida is, Tevin Coleman, mm-hmm. is Tevin Coleman, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I, I think that part of it is interesting. But, um, you know, I think, I think we, could sem- we, could, we could claim that as half of a call, I guess. Yeah, no, nah, it's, 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 it's definitely a call. They're, they're two, two workhorses that can, are fantasy viable for you. We got that right. We did get that part yeah. right. They're operating as weekly RB ones and twos. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take that. So, I guess Greg, what's your what's your bold prediction, man, in this one? Uh, yeah, you you talk about how you know you you, you liking Jimmy G a lot this week. I think I think Jimmy G gets that three touchdown total touchdown mark. Oof. You know, yeah, you know he only he's only thrown for three touchdowns once this whole year. Uh, other than that, it's either zero, one, or two. Um, but I think he gets that two passing and and one rushing here. Oh man, I really, I really like that. I was talking to you off air. You know, I said I, I wanted to do something that we have never done before as fantasy <laughs> football diagnostics, and I, and that was to potentially make, um, to potentially make Jimmy G my stream of the week, even though he's playing on Thursday night football. Um, but I really wanted to do it just given the state of this Niners rush, you know, run defense, um, you know, given the amount of teams we have on by right now, um. Yeah, I, I think that he's in play. I, you know, like I said, I would definitely play him over Kyler Murray if I could. So I, I think he's in a, I think he's in a really good spot here um, against the the Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, uh, in the last three weeks they're thirtieth in pass defense, and by the way, on the season they're thirtieth in pass defense. So they're just about as bad as they've been all season. So as we've said all year since you know preseason continue to attack them you know the addition of patrick peterson hasn't changed that they're giving up 7.8 yards per attempt oh with a 55 
Oh, no, I was going to say, I forgot. Yo, George Kittle? Yo, George Kittle is the cards. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's about yeah, to Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. No, that's a that's a total blunder on us. Actually, actually I should blame you because I don't know who you're, well, you're going to start at the start of the week. Yeah, no, nah, I got to say, it's already t- George. <laughs> George Kittle, yo. Also, so a first, a first that's never been done before, we got a start of the week on Thursday Night Football. Yep. Is George that correct, Kittle, Greg? start him up. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so you heard it here first. Fancy football diagnostics, George Kittle. That's Greg's start of the week. Never been done before. <laughs> first time ever. On on the 30th episode, Greg picks George Kittle to go against the 30th Bucket. pass defense in the league. This is crazy. 30 for 30. There Signs we go. are everywhere. <laughs> um, but no, 7.8 yards per attempt. They've given up uh, and a 55% success rate. This is according to sharpfootballstats.com. Um, so that's definitely something that we want to target. So Jimmy G, like your George Kittle's your start of the week. Somebody's got to throw in the ball. So you know what? Let's do it. Jimmy G, he's gonna be my streamer of the week. Mm. You got me hyped up. Let's go. I like that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only, the only thing left, yeah, that I guess the the running backs on the Cardinal side and how we feel about them. Oh yeah, I mean I guess yeah we'll do that. Yeah, they got a lot of a lot of injuries going on in their running back side. Um, David Johnson. He's, you know, doing some work on the sideline today, so that's good. Um, you know, so he might be questionable to play. He's he has listed as questionable to play but for tomorrow, so he's a true game time decision. Uh, Chase Emmons has already been ruled out, so uh, kind of clears up the situation there for Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, and Zach Zenner. Uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury already came out and said it's going to be a running back by committee. So um, yeah, I, I would avoid. All three of them, probably. I, I don't think um, neither, any of these guys are startable. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably my take on this. Yeah, so to me, the only, like I said the other day, the only, um, well, I just touching on the Arizona Cardinals as a whole, I don't really want to start anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if, there, if I had to start one player in this game, it would probably be Christian Kirk. Okay. If I had, if I had to select one player in this game that I had to start, it would be Christian Kirk. Uh, we obviously saw his production in his first game back uh, from his ankle injury. So in his first game back, he played 86% of the snaps. He had 11 targets, 8 catches for 79 yards. And that was his first game back. And we've been talking about Larry Fitzgerald and how he's you know been underperforming every week. And in Christian Kirk's first game back, he's able to produce for fantasy owners. Um, we know they're going to be down 10.5-point dogs. Um, you know, this the Niners secondary is is definitely good but like it's really good on the outside they're they're outside corners and in richard sherman and uh i forget the other guy's first name but mosley i think is his last name number 41 they're both really good really physical outside corners uh but you know these niners receivers they're primarily do their work from the inside so i think christian kirk probably you know i think he'll be good for six or seven catches you know, might maybe he'll get you sixty to seventy yards receiving. It's not a terrible day in a half point PPR, especially and especially if you play in a full point PPR. That's still a really good day too. So, uh, I think he's viable. Kenyon Drake, I, I did say, I think that he's somewhat viable. Um, you know, the same way we say, if there's a way to attack the uh, the Patriots, it's it's on the ground. Well, it's very similar with this Niners defense. They've been really good. I know they. You know, they're tops amongst uh, the position at the running back position uh, against, you know, the, they're 31st in the league against running backs while the Patriots are 32nd. Um, you know, but in the last three weeks on the season, they've had a 
they rank 13th in success rate. In the last three weeks, they rank 14th in success rate, uh, giving up 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, and we know how wide open this this uh, Arizona offense is, and the, the with the formations that they run. So Kenyon Drake, he'll be he'll be used in space. He'll be put in space. I think also as a receiver, I think he he gets you the the um, the 80 the 80 yard 80 yards from scrimmage number. Yeah, uh, um, Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kingsbury saying he's going to be used in some capacity, so I think he's going to get some carries. Um, I yeah, just can't. I, I would avoid definitely him. He's again. No, uh, I mean obviously, if you yeah. could avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm not. I'm not saying go out there and force Kenyon Drake into your lineups, guys. I'm not saying that at all. Um, what I am saying though is that if you have, you know, if you're, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're getting killed with bye weeks. True. Maybe you know you're hurt with injuries. Um. You know, Greg, in your league of extraordinary people, you know, oh, would you questionable. be in a situation? <laughs> yeah, uh, you mean you, you team questionable? Would you? Would you? Could you see it a situation where you might have to start Kenyon Drake? Yeah, yeah, if you had him because I, I do have Mark Walton. Uh, hope you know it was a situation where I might have to start him, Preston Williams, and my flex. So, uh, yeah, I would if I had Kenyon Drake, I would definitely consider starting him in my flex. Yeah, I, and I think that's where we're at, right? You know, if you if you need help. You know, Kenyon Drake, I know it's dirty. I know he just got traded there. The matchup doesn't seem great. But, you know, think about what Christian McCaffrey did. And I'm not comparing him to Christian McCaffrey. Um, but think about what Christian McCaffrey was able to do as a rusher and as a receiver against this Carolina, this uh, San Francisco defense. Um, and so if Kenyon Drake can do some of those things, which I know he can, and he is capable of doing some of those things as a pass catcher uh, and as a runner. So I think that. You know, I think 80 yards of scrimmage is within the realm of possibility. So, um, Debo Samuel, though, I know we, you know, we we jumped around from Arizona, but Debo Samuel, um, you know, is he somebody that you might be interested in? I mean, not maybe not tomorrow, but what about going forward? Yeah, I'm definitely liking the, the snap count that he's getting. Um, Marquise Goodwin is back, uh, so that may affect him a little bit, but I think, you know, Debo Samuel, as far as he's getting a number one receiver, as far as like, uh, snap and play percentage and stuff like that um so yeah i think he, he can be a, a wide receiver three you know maybe low end flex for you if this offense can get going as far as the passing game uh it's not like they're bad passing they're just really good at rushing the ball so it just seems like you know even Debo Samuel got a rushing touchdown last week so mm-hmm. yeah uh, um they definitely want to use him i know they do they have him on the field a lot uh for a reason so he, he could he could have some uh, some low end flex upside going forward. I think. Yeah, I think that's gonna be my bold prediction. I think that Debo Samuel walks out of here with a with a flex worthy uh, fantasy game. So okay, we'll put that at nine. We'll put that. We'll set that at the James White line and half yeah. point PPR. We'll James White line. Yep, yep. <laughs> Start having a James White like correlation stats and everything. Yeah, man, we have to because he's been so consistent every week. So. Um, and I think when you get a flex play, I think that's what you're looking for yep. is like eight to nine points. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if your flex gets you double digits, then you're you're kind of happy. So I think Debo Samuel could do that for you against this Arizona pass defense, which is really bad against the not just the pass, or this Arizona defense is really bad against not just the pass, but also against the run. And then, like you said, the snap percentages went up for, for Debo Samuel. This is actually he played 70% of the snaps last week, which is the second most or the most snaps that he's played since week one. When he played 88% of the snaps, um, and this was when this was after acquiring uh, a player in Emmanuel Sanders, so I think Debo Samuel is definitely going to be involved, especially if we have these injuries to these these Niners running backs. Like we said, we already saw Debo Samuel involved in the run game. 
I like Kyle Shanahan is is he's not Matt Nagy. He's like you know uh, I, he's been proven to be smarter, a lot smarter than that <laughs> apparently. So um, he's going to use the players that he has on his teams, and he's going to do what he's going to use them for what they do well. So Debo Samuel, I think, definitely uh, uh, in play this week as a potential flex play against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, man. I think everyone's ready. Yo, go. Forty Nine is about to roll. All right, man. So. Is there anything else you want to add as we head to this Thursday night game? Um, uh, anything, any, anything you find interesting? No, nah, I, I hope Kyler Murray yeah. shows me something. Um, that's about it. Uh, I'm not starting, but I think he. I hope he comes through and uh, you know proves himself again after two bad performances. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. I I I don't care what the fantasy output looks like. I just want to see a you know good quarterbacking day from Kyler Murray against yeah. a tough San Francisco defense. That'd be good to see. Um, I guess for me, uh, yeah, I don't know. Happy Halloween, everybody! Uh, yep. This is a very a day that's very important to my wife. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, have have fun today. I guess enjoy enjoy the holiday, uh, and then, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's all I got. Oh, also, if you if you're into some, you know, if you like if you like some drama, you like the tea, you know, like go check out what happened, what's going on with the with the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager. Cause you know, burn. We got a burner account situation going on. You got to check this out because I think it's hilarious. Yeah, that that you were telling me about that today. That was so funny. <laughs> uh, the only thing I have my mind on is uh, Baker attacking everyone that's trying to attack him. <laughs> Baker's in his feelings <laughs> right now. That man, you know, I feel like <laughs> when things are going bad and someone says anything slightly off, it's he's he's going for you in your neck. So oh yeah. man. Baker, uh, it Baker's seemed on. almost personal. It is with it's that it. reporter. <laughs> it did. You never it played did. the game, so you don't. You don't get it. <laughs> you don't know. No, you don't know. I thought he's gonna hit him with the clown question, Don't say but. You said what? I thought he's gonna hit him with that's a clown question, bro. But he did it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh man, yeah. The, the NFL, like, like I said it before, I'm um, gonna say it again. I think they're trying to become that. The, you know, the TV's biggest drama. They're trying to. They're trying to shove the NBA out the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they're trying to get things. They're really trying. Uh huh. So it's gonna be interesting. So I, I think. I think it's. It's gonna be fun. We still got, you know, half a season to go. We uh we still need you know teams to knock off the Pats because you know we're anti Pats on this podcast. Yeah, we are. Um, not anti Pats fantasy players though. Just the team. Nah, success. just yeah, the like, team success. Postseason yeah. after week seventeen, like do all the losing you want. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah, that's it. You know, as always, appreciate you guys for listening. Couldn't make it thirty without all you guys listening, uh, providing us with the motivation to keep doing this every day. Appreciate you guys for following us on Instagram and Twitter. Please continue to do that. Please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening to us. And uh, as always, we are out. We are. Out.